stand. We'll ask Brother Luda to open us in prayer and then for the choir to lead us in singing of one hymn. Asante kwa sababu maneno haya tunapoyakiri yanakuwa sehemu yetu na hatuwezi kwa nguvu zetu sisi wenyewe kuyakariri na kuyashika jinsi utakavyo. Tunaomba wewe roho takatifu ulie Mungu mwenye uweza wa kuyafanya hai katika mioyo yetu. Baba uyafanye hai katika mioyo yetu ya kwamba yafanyike sehemu ya maisha yetu. Ni katika jina la Yesu tumeomba. Amen. Uh, sorry, before we continue, did we pass out the Swahili translation? Mumepata vichikalatazi vya Kiswahili? Wanapo. What is the hymn we're singing this afternoon? In Christ alone. Ah, very good. I was hoping you would choose that. <laughs> okay, we're ready when you are. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. 
Kechi. As we continue our study of the London Baptist Confession of Faith of 1689, today we want to begin a new chapter. And this is a rather uh, short chapter, and so I intend only to spend today on this chapter. And that is chapter 4 of creation. So those of you who have your uh, books that we have handed out were on page 12. And so I'll read uh, the entire chapter. It is three paragraphs. I'll read the English version and then we'll have uh, Luda read the Swahili translation. Uh, paragraph one. In the beginning, it pleased God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for the manifestation of the glory of his eternal power, wisdom, and goodness, to create or make the world and all things therein, whether visible or invisible, in the space of six days, and all very good. Paragraph 2. After God had made all other creatures, he created man, male and female, with reasonable and immortal souls, rendering them fit unto that life to God for which they were created, being made after the image of God in knowledge, righteousness, and true holiness, having the law of God written in their hearts and power to fulfill it, and yet under a possibility of transgressing, being left to the liberty of their own will, which was subject to change. Paragraph 3. Besides the law written in their hearts, they received a command not to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which whilst they kept, they were happy in their communion with God and had dominion over the creatures. Hapo mwanzo, alipendezwa mungu baba, mwana na takatifu, Kwa kudhihirika kwa utukufu wa nguvu zake, hekima zake na uzuri wake wa milele, kuumba ulimwengu na vyote vilivyomo, vinavyoonekana na visivyoonekana katika siku sita na vyote vizuri sana. Baada ya kuumba viumbe vyote vingine, Mungu aliumba binadamu kiume na kike wenye roho fikira na nafsi zisizokufa akawaumba wenye kutosheleza maisha aliyowaumbia waliumbwa kwa kufanana na Mungu katika ujuzi haki na utakatifu wa kweli amri ya Mungu akiandikwa mioyoni mwao na nguvu ya kuitimiza huku wakiwa katika uwezekano wa kutenda kinyume wakiachwa katika uhuru wa mapenzi yao wenyewe kukosa udhabiti kando na amri iliyoandikwa mioyoni mwao waliamuriwa wasile kutoka mti wa ufahamu wa mema na ubaya ambayo wakiisingatia waki, waki walifurahi katika ushirika wao na Mungu nao walikuwa na mamlaka juu ya viumbe thank you luda uh, i depend heavily on the outline of my professor at my seminary by the name of dr sam waldron Ninategemea sana mafundisho ya mwalimu wangu anayenifunza ambaye anaitwa vile amesema 
And uh, he outlines this chapter focusing on on two main things. Na kuna jambo analosisitiza kwa mambo haya ambayo yanazungumzia mambo mawili ya umuhimu. First is the account or the history of creation. La kwanza ni historia ya uumbaji. And then second is the identity of man as the image of God. Na pia mwanadamu kutambulika kama kiumbe ambacho kimeumbwa kwa mfano na sura ya Mungu. So that is what we will focus on in our time today. Hilo ndilo tutakalo singatia katika mafundisho yetu leo. So first is the account or the history of the act of creation by God. Kwanza mno ni historia ya uumbaji ambayo Mungu alitenda. So in the confession this is covered in uh, paragraph 1. Katika kukiri kwetu tunaiona katika hiyo kurasa ya kwanza. And so we first see the timing of creation. Tunaona nyakati za uumbaji in the beginning. Hapo mwanzo creation was the beginning of time. Kwamba uumbaji ndio ulikuwa wa kwanza katika nyakati. Before God created there was no time. Kabla Mungu aumbe hatukuwa na nyakati ama wakati. God exists outside of time. Time is part of creation. Maana Mungu yuaka nje ya wakati, maana wakati ni uumbaji wa Mungu. And so God is not uh, uh, limited by his own creation. Mungu hawekewi mipaka na vyota alivyo viumba. God is not limited by time. Mungu hawekewi mipaka na wakati. God exists outside of time. God has existed before time even began. Mungu alikuwepo kabla ya wakati haujakuwepo. So never has it been when God did not exist. Kwa hivyo haijawahi kuwa ya kwamba Mungu hakuwahi kuishi. God has always existed. Mungu amekuwepo and when God created now comes time. Na sasa wakati Mungu akishaumba wakati unaonekana. That is in the beginning. Hiyo sasa tunasema hapo Mwanzo. Next the uh, confession addresses creation's author who created. Na katika jambo linalofuata ni nani aliyeumba. Here we read that it uh, was God the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Na tumesoma ya kwamba ni Mungu Baba Mwana na Roho Mtakatifu. So creation is the work of the triune God. Uumbaji ni kazi ya utatu wa Mungu. It is the work of God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. All all three. Ni kazi ya Mungu Baba, Mungu Mwana na Mungu Roho Mtakatifu wakiwa wote watatu Again not that we have three gods they are not three gods there are three persons and yet one god Na hatusemi ya kwamba Mungu ni watatu bali tunasema kuna utatu katika uungu akiwa Mungu mmoja Then next we see creation's purpose Na tunaona kwamba makusudi ya uumbaji ni yapi It says for the manifestation of the glory of his eternal power wisdom and goodness. Kwa ajili ya udhihirisho wa hekima zake na mamlaka yake na nguvu zake. So our confession is explaining what the scriptures teach the purpose of creation is. Ukiri wetu wa imani natufunza ya kwamba God has revealed to us in his word the reason he created. And that is the manifestation of his glory, of his eternal power and his wisdom and his goodness. Then we see creation's extent. What does creation include? 
Sasa tunapata kwamba huu mbaji unajumulisha nini? That is where we read it is the world and all things therein whether visible or invisible. Na tunapata ya kwamba ni ulimwengu ambamo vitu vyote vimo viwe vinaonekana na visivyoonekana. So creation entails everything that exists that is not God. Kwa hivyo uumbaji unajumulisha vyote ambavyo vinaishi ambapo Mungu hayumo ndani. So you have God that is not creation. Sasa tunapata Mungu ambaye si uumbaji. God was not created, God always existed. Maana Mungu hakuumbwa, yeye ameishi siku zote. Everything else that which we can see and that which we cannot see, all of that is creation. Vyote ambavyo tunaweza viona au tusivione, vyote ni uumbaji. Then we have creations length, the the amount of time now that time exists, how long did it take God to create? Sasa tunapata wakati ama muda uliomchukua Mungu kuumba. It says in the space of six days. Tunapata kwamba ilikuwa muda wa siku sita. That is what we read in the book of Genesis. Ndilo tumelisoma katika kitabu cha Muanzo. In the first uh, three chapters, it is six days that God created. Katika sura za kwanza tatu tunapata kwamba ni katika siku sita Mungu aliumba. And then finally we see the result of creation. Na kisha tunaona matokeo ya uumbaji. There we read it is all very good. Na tunapata kwamba yote ni mazuri sana. That was the result. Hayo ndiyo matokeo ya uumbaji. And uh, Now we want to go further into support from the Bible from the scriptures that support uh, this first paragraph on creation. Sasa tunataka tuingie katika maandiko ni maandiko yapi yanayounga mkono hii kukiri kwetu kwa imani ambako tumesoma. And the first thing that we have to address because It is an issue which has been debated all through the ages. Jambo la kwanza ambalo nataka kushughulikia ni lile swala ambalo watu wamelisungumzia nyakati zote. And that is when we read God's creation account. Kwamba tunaposoma mambo ya uumbaji wa Mungu and we read about Noah and the flood and we read about uh, uh, Cain and Abel and we read about Abraham is all of that history or is Genesis chapters 1 through 11 only figurative kwa hivyo tunapata kwamba tukimuona eh, Abeli na Kaini tumuone Noah nagarika na tuone Abraham tunapata ya kwamba mambo haya yote inaweza kuwa ni historia for instance uh, if uh, if genesis chapter 1 through 11 is factual history kwa sababu kama mwanzo moja hadi kuna moja inasungumzia historia haswa mno then that means Every one of us, every human being that has ever lived, if we trace our ancestors all the way back to our very original ancestors, for everyone that is Adam and Eve. Kwa hivyo tunapata kwamba kwa kila mtu ambaye aliyeishi kutoka kwa watu wetu wa kwanza kwa Adam, tunapata kwamba kila mmoja ambaye amewaiishi Now a lot of human beings can have doubt wengine wetu tunaweza kuwa na mashaka sasa as we sit here together all of you are african and a few of us are wazungu tunapata kwamba iwapo wengine sisi ni weuzi weusi and wengine ni weupe and you may be inclined to doubt now wait a minute how can these white americans and me as a black african how can we have the same first ancestors sasa itakuwaje kwamba mzungu wa america na mwafrika wa kenya wawe wanatoka kwa baba mmoja and then when we go into town we see some chinese men building our new road 
na tukitakapoingia pale mjini Bungoma tutapata wachina wako wanajenga barabara and you may be tempted to look at those chinese men and say okay uh, there's no way that me as a black african have the same first parents as those chinese men kwa hivyo unaweza jaribiwa kushawishika kwamba hakuna vile tunaweza kushiriki baba mmoja wa kwanza And so you may be really tempted to think okay these first chapters of Genesis they they can't be factual history this has to be figurative. Kwa hivyo unaweza kufikiria kwamba maneno haya ya kwanza ya kurasa hii ya kukiri kwetu kwa imani si haswa mno lakini ni ya kuiga. And there are uh, certain parts of the Bible which are figurative that that is not the argument and kuna mambo mengine ambayo tunazungumzia jambo tukimaanisha lingine not everything in the bible is literal history maana kila kitu kwa biblia sio historia halisi some of it is figurative mengine ni mambo ambayo tunatazamia kuona kwamba hili linaweza kuwa lilikuwa hivi na hili lilikawa hivi when we read parts of daniel there is imagery which is used uh, speaking in very uh, uh, colorful ways about prophesying nations that were to come na tukisoma katika kitabu cha danieli tunapata pale ya aina ya vitu ambavyo vinazungumzia kuhusu unabii wa vitu ambavyo vitakuja kuja ama mataifa yatakayokuja. But those things were not literal, they were figurative. Lakini hayo mambo hayakuwa halisi, bali yalikuwa ni mambo ya kufikiria jinsi mambo yatakavyokuwa. Much of the book of Revelation as we read, uh, it is figurative. It is using very colorful apocalyptic language to help us to understand certain points. Hasa mimi tukisoma kitabu cha ufunuo wa Yohana, tunapata kwamba mengi yake yanazungumzia kuhusu jinsi wanadamu anaweza fikiria wakitumia mifano ya wanadamu na wanyama kwa ajili ya kusungumzia jambo litakalotendeka. But just because parts of the Bible are figurative does not mean all of the Bible is figurative. Sasa kwa sababu katika sehemu fulani fulani za Biblia yako mambo kama hayo haimaanishi ya kwamba sasa Biblia yote ni maneno ya kuweza kuwazia na kufikiria kuhusu jambo fulani. Some of it is history. Mengine yake And so the issue is whether or not Genesis chapter 1 through 11 is figurative. Sasa swala kwamba iki kitabu cha mwanzo ya kwamba kinaweza kuwa ni cha kuweza kudhania ama kufikiria kuhusu jambo lingine hatuwezi kusungumzia. Or is it history? Lakini ni historia. How we answer that question will certainly affect our doctrine. Maana tunapojibu hilo swali litaweza kudhuru kwa uzuri ama kwa ubaya kuhusu imani yetu. So first we have to answer the question who decides. Kwa hivyo tujibu kwa kujiuliza ni nani aamuae. Who decides which parts of the Bible are history and which parts of the Bible are figurative? Yafaa tujiulize ni nani anayeamua kwamba sehemu hii ya Biblia ni historia na sehemu nyingine ni ya kufikiria kuhusu masuala fulani. If we allow modern science to answer that question for us, tukiruhusu sayansi ya sasa kujibu hilo swali kwetu, then science is our authority. Basi tutakuwa tumeruhusu sayansi kuwa mamlaka yetu. For the Christian science should not be our authority. Lakini kwetu sisi wa Kristo sayansi haistahili kuwa mamlaka kwetu. But God is our authority. Maana Mungu ndiye mamlaka yetu. And God has revealed uh, what he has intended for us to know in his scriptures, the na, Bible. Naye Mungu ameyafunua yote ambaye angependa tuyajue katika maandiko ambayo ni Biblia. And therefore scripture is our authority, not science. Kwa hivyo maandiko ndio mamlaka lakini sio sayansi. And scripture is self interpreting. Na maandiko kujifafanua yenyewe. So in other words it is scripture which interprets 
scripture kumaanisha kwamba ni maandiko yanayofafanua maandiko mengine it is not uh, the church it is not the man of god it is not the prophet it is no human being that interprets scripture rather scripture interprets scripture for us sio kanisa sio nabii sio mtu wa mungu hakuna mwanadamu yeyote ambaye anaweza kutafsiri maandiko bali ni maandiko yenyewe And so the question we should ask is how does Genesis chapter 1 through 11 intend for itself to be understood? Sasa tunajiuliza kwamba sasa hii mwanzo sura ya kwanza hii tunawe inakusudi gani ama inakusudia namna gani kuweza kujiweka wazi Or to put it another way, how does God intend for us to uh, in, or how does God intend for Genesis chapter 1 through 11 to be understood? Ama Mungu amekusudia hii mwanzo kueleweka namna gani kwa wanadamu? And what I believe what the writers of the confession certainly believed na chenye ninaamini ambacho pia wenye waliandika huku kukiri kwa imani waliamini is that Genesis chapter 1 through 11 is historical narrative ni kwamba mwanzo kutoka sura ya kwanza hadi moja ni historia inayojinena and the reason i believe that and the reason those who wrote the confession believe that na sababu niamini hivyo na wale ambao waliandika hii kukiri kwa imani pia waliamini is that the rest of scripture the rest of the bible confirms this interpretation kwamba maandiko yote kwenye biblia yanadhibitisha hivyo kuhusu haya maandiko so there are some ways or evidences that we find uh, for this interpretation kuna ushahidi ambao tunapata kwa ajili ya kutafsiri Neno, maneno haya. First of all it is quite clear that Genesis chapter 12 is historical narrative. No, almost no one argues against that. Kwanza tunafaa tujue kwamba mwanzo 12 ni maneno ambayo yanazungumzia historia. But if Genesis chapter 12 is in fact history then it should not be doubted that genesis chapter 1 through 11 are also history na kama mwanzo 12 ni historia basi hatuwezi kushuku ya kwamba kuanzia hapo mpaka mwanzo mmoja kurudi nyuma haiwezi kawa historia bali tunapata kwamba ni historia for instance there are genealogies in chapters 10 and 11 kuna masomo ambayo tunayapata katika ama uzazi ama kizazi ambayo tunapata kutoka katika eh, mwanzo moja. that finish with the family background of Abraham which picks up in uh, chapter 12 ambayo inamaliza na Abrahamu ikichukulia mwanzo 12 and so again if chapter 12 is history then chapter 10 and 11 are certainly history and the chapters before are also history. Kwa hivyo kama hii ni historia 10:11 historia bas 9 mpaka 1 hizo ni historia pia. Because in Genesis uh, 11 uh, from chapter uh, sorry from paragraphs 10 to 32 we see a genealogy there. Maana katika mwanzo moja tumeona ukizazi ama vile watu walivyozaliwa mahali pale which is identical in the structure of the genealogy of chapter 5 ambayo ni sawa na ile mpangilio ya uzazi katika eh, sura ya tano but that geology which is in chapter 5 is different in that it begins with adam and seth lakini ile ambayo iko katika Sura ya tano ni tofauti kwa sababu inaanza na Adamu na Seth. So this literary structure ties Abraham to Adam. Kwa hivyo haya yanaleta pamoja hao watu wawili Abrahamu na Adamu. Now the, also the book of Genesis itself does na, not permit a figurative interpretation. Na hata kitabu chenyewe cha mwanzo hakiruhusu 
kuwa na utafsiri wa mambo uh, ya, ya, ya kuonekana ambayo tunaweza yaonyesha kwamba hili linafanana na hili There is internal evidence in those chapters themselves. Kuna ushahidi wa umilele katika maandiko yenyewe. For instance, if they were not meant to be taken literally, kwa mfano kama haingetengenezwa ama haikumaanishwa kuchukuliwa haswa mno ya asili, then it would be very hard to understand why throughout Those chapters we constantly get the impression of history. Ingalikuwa ngumu sana kuelewa hizo kurasa ambazo tunazipata katika historia. For instance, we're given the specific location of the garden. Kwa mfano, tumepatiwa mahali kama If it is not a literal garden of Eden, why are we given a literal or specific location? Na kama haingekuwa kwamba haswa mno kweli ilikuwa tu ni Eden yenyewe mbona tukapewa mpaka na mahali penye iko what about all the genealogies na sasa tukiangalia sasa hizi vizazi genealogies are something that are found in history not in apocalyptic or figurative writings tukiangalia vizazi ni mambo ambayo yanapatikana katika historia lakini sio mifano ya wanyama na wanadamu Furthermore, uh, the genealogies of uh, for example Seth and Noah, kama kisasi cha Seth na Noah, are treated as history in other books in the Bible. Mmechukuliwa kama historia kwa vitabu vingine katika Biblia. That is first Chronicles and then also Luke chapter 3. Ni Luka sura ya tatu na pia katika kitabu cha Mambo ya nyakati ya kwanza. So other parts of the Bible treat these early chapters of Genesis these genealogies as history and so should we. Kwa hivyo vitabu vingine vinavichukulia hiki kitabu cha mwanzo kuwa historia kwa hivyo hata nasi tunakichukulia hivyo. We're given the entire chronology of the flood. Tunapatiana hizo vizazi vya We're given specific details of the uh, uh, pertaining to the dimensions of Noah's ark. Tunapatiwa kila kila neno kuhusu vile huyu Noah alipatiwa kufanya ili kuweza kutengeneza hiyo hiyo nini safina. We're given the origins of actual nations. Tunapatiwa hata Eh, kule ambako hizi 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 inji ziliweza kutoka and so there is much internal evidence in those first chapters of genesis which show us that they are to be treated as history kwa hivyo tunao ushahidi wa kutosha ya kwamba mm, sura hii ya 12 ya mwanzo yafai chukuliwe kama historia but not only that but scriptures in the rest of the bible also do not per, uh, permit a figurative interpretation of those early genesis chapters na hata hivyo kwa biblia yote mzima maandiko hairuhusu kuweza kuweka mambo mambo ya kufikiria kuhusu hiki kitabu cha mwanzo we have portions of matthew portions of mark luke john all four gospels kuna sehemu za mathayo luka na Marko injili hizo zote inne also Romans 1 Corinthians Ephesians Warumi wa Korinto wa kwanza wa Efeso 1 Timothy Hebrew James Timotheo wa kwanza wa Ibrania Yakobo 1 Peter 2 Peter 1 John and Jude Petro wa kwanza Petro wa pili Yohana wa kwanza na Jude That many books of the New Testament all speak of those first chapters of Genesis as history not as figurative. Hizo vitabu zote ambazo tumetaja vinazungumzia mwanzo kitabu cha mwanzo kuwa historia lakini sio mambo ya kulinganisha na kuwaza kufikiria. And so if we hold to that hermeneutic that scripture interprets scripture we can come to no other conclusion than Genesis 1 through 11 are history. Kwa hivyo tukisalia katika mafundisho hayo ya kwamba maandiko ufafanua maandiko na tunakuja na suluhu ama kukamilisha kwamba eh, mwanzo kitabu cha mwanzo ni historia. 
Now the second focus of this chapter of our confession na mtazamo mwingine wa kukiri kwetu kwa imani ni deals with man's identity as the image of God. Inashughulikia wanadamu ambao wako katika mfano na sura ya Mungu. Uh, the Bible explains the word of God explains neno la mungu linaelezea that man was created as god's image kwamba mwanadamu aliumbwa kwa sura ya mungu what is being conveyed in the scriptures is that man is the visible replica of the invisible god chenye kinajaribu kuonyeshwa katika maandiko ni kwamba Mwanadamu ni kinachoonekana ama Mungu anayeonekana kuliko yule Mungu asiyeonekana. Man is the invisible or sorry man is the visible replica of the invisible God. Kwamba mwanadamu ni dhihirisho la Mungu asiyeonekana. The word translated image means a replica, a copy. E, mfano umeelezwa ya kwamba ni kama e, picha ama ni kama kile kitu ambacho kimechapishwa so it refers to something that looks like something else ani ni kama ani inafanana na it's not the it's not the same sio chenyewe we're not god sisi si Mungu no man is god hakuna mwanadamu ambaye ni Mungu but we are made as copies or replicas representing god tumeumbwa kama wanaowakilisha Mungu tukifanana naye man is unique as the living visible replica of god in the created universe mwanadamu ni kiumbe kinachoishi kikionyesha mfano wa Mungu kwa vyote vilivyoumbwa. So what does this being the image of God what does it consist of? Kwa hivyo hiki ambacho kimeumbwa kwa mfano wa Mungu kinajumulisha nini? Well first the body is involved. Hata hivyo tunaona mwili unahusika because image is visible. Maana mfano ni kitu kinachoonekana. God is invisible but we as men were created as his image. We are visible. We are able to be seen. Mungu aonekani lakini sisi tumeungwa kwa kuonekana. Also dominion is emphasized. Kwa hivyo utawala umesisitizwa. God has dominion over his entire creation. Mungu anatawala viumbe vyote alivyoviumba and we as God's image bearers in the world are to have dominion over the world na sisi tulio mfano wa Mungu hapa duniani yafa tutawale ulimwengu and man's personal intelligent and moral nature is part of the image of god na mwanadamu ujuzi na akili na vile asilia yake ilivyo nadhirisha mungu and so to summarize really all that enables man to represent god on earth is related to the image of god kwa hivyo mambo yote ambayo mwanadamu alionayo ya kuweza kumwakilisha Mungu ni mfano wa Mungu. So now we may ask, okay, uh, man was created in the image of God and Adam when he was created was that perfect uh, sinless image. Kwa hivyo tunajiuliza kwamba mwanadamu aliumbwa kwa mfano wa Mungu. Adam akiumbwa alikuwa mtu ambaye amekamilika But now Adam chose to sin. Man has fallen. Na sasa Adam anaamua kutenda dhambi. Mwanadamu akawa ameanguka. The Bible says that our hearts are wicked. Maana maandiko yanasema kama mioyo yetu ni miovu. The Bible says we all sin, we all fall short of the glory of God. Maandiko yanasema kwamba sisi wote tunatenda dhambi, tumepungukiwa na utukufu wa Mungu. So what about now after sin? distorted 
uh, creation, can we still say that we are God's image? Sasa je, sasa hivi kwamba sasa dhambi imeenea na kutawala wanadamu sana, tunaweza sema ya kwamba tungali katika mfano wa Mungu? This is a difficult uh, uh, question to answer with just a simple yes or a no. Hasa hili ni swali ngumu la kujibu kwa kusema ndio au la. But what we can say is that the the image of God is man's identity. Lakini tunaweza sema ni kwamba mfano wa Mungu ni utambulisho wa mwanadamu. That is our identity. We are the image of God. Tunatambulika kwa mfano wa Mungu. It's not just something that we can simply lose. Sio kitu ambacho tunaweza poteza. If we turn to James chapter 3 verse 9. Tukisoma Yakobo 3 mstari wa 9. James chapter 3 and verse 9. Yakobo 3 mstari wa 9. With it we bless he's speaking of the tongue with it we bless our Lord and Father and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. Kwa huo tuamhuhimidi Mungu Baba yetu na kwa huo twawalaani wanadamu waliofanywa kwa mfano wa Mungu. So there's that word likeness or image or replica. So James is speaking certainly of people since the fall. And he still says we are made in the likeness of God. That is our identity. We can't just simply lose our identity as images of God. Hicho ndicho kitambulisho cha mwanadamu hivyo hatuwezi tukapoteza kitambulisho chetu kama watu wa Mungu. So two questions really have to be distinguished. Kwa hivyo ni maswali mawili yafaa yaweze kutofautishwa. Is fallen man God's image? Je, mwanadamu aliyeanguka ni mfano wa Mungu? The answer is yes it is our very identity. Jibu ni kwamba ndio ni utambulisho wetu. But there's another question. Lakini tena kuna swali lingine. Is fallen man an accurate image of God? Je, mwanadamu aliyeanguka ni mfano kamili wa Mungu? The answer to that question is no. Jibu kwa hilo swali ni kwamba la we constantly misrepresent God. Kila mara tunakosa kumwakilisha Mungu. We are images of God, tuko mifano ya Mungu, but we misrepresent God with the image that we portray. Tunakosa kumwakilisha Mungu kulingana na mfano ambao tunao. So there are As a result of this doctrine taught in the word of God, kutokana na matokeo ya mafundisho ambayo yanafundishwa kutoka kwa neno la Mungu, there are several applications. Kuna njia nyingi ya kuwaleta ama kuleta kwetu. In other words, if we understand this truth, kwamba tukielewa kweli hii that number one, Genesis chapter 1 through 11 is history, kwamba mwanzo mmoja mpaka moja ni historia and number two, because of that uh, it is true that man is created in the image of god na kwamba kwa sababu hiyo mwanadamu ni kweli ameungwa kwa mfano wa mungu then there are some applications some practical ways that should affect us basi kuna mambo ambayo yafaa yafanyiwe kazi ambayo yanatudhuru first Man is only image of God. Maana la kwanza mwanadamu ndiye mfano wa pekee wa Mungu. We are the image of God, we are nowhere near God himself. Sisi ni mfano wa Mungu, sisi sio karibu na Mungu. Compared to God, our value is nothing. Ukilinganisha na Mungu na vitu vyote ni bure. Isaiah 40 verse 15 Tukisoma Isaya 40 mstari wa 15 Isaiah 40 and verse 15 Isaya 40 mstari wa 
Behold, the nations are like a drop from a bucket and are regarded as a speck of dust on the scales. Behold, he lifts up the islands like fine dust. Tazama mataifa ni kama tone la maji katika ndoo. Huesabiwa kuwa kama mavumbi ma mafumbi mbamba katika mizani lazima tazama yeye huvinyanyua huvinyanyua visiwa kama ni kitu kidogo sana so compared to god the nations are like a drop from the bucket ukiangalia mungu ukilinganisha na mungu mataifa ni kama kitu ambacho kimechukuliwa tu kikawekwa katika ndoo. If that large bucket full of water represents God. Ya kwamba iwapo kitu kidogo kama ndoo kinaweza akilisha Mungu, the nations represent just a small drop coming from that bucket. Ya kwamba mataifa yanaakilisha tone tu ambalo linatoka katika hiyo and that's the nations millions or billions of people kwamba ni mataifa ambayo yanajumlisha mabilioni ya watu na how much less is one individual person na sasa itakuwaje kwa mtu mmoja pekee so we have to remember uh, we're only images of god and because of that Uh, we are nowhere near the, the, the value or the importance of God. God is far above us. Sisi ni mifano tu ya Mungu lakini hatuwezi kukaribia ukuu na wema wake Mungu. But at the same time, lakini kwa wakati huo huo tena, man is the image of God. Mwanadamu ni mfano wa Mungu. That does give us all of us value ambayo inatupatia sisi udhamana all men and when i say men i mean mankind ninapozungumzia wanaume inamaanisha wanadamu i'm not talking males i'm talking mankind males and females all human beings ninazungumzia wanadamu wote must be loved lazima wapendwe must be respected lazima waheshimiwe and must be valued as the image of god lazima wadhaminiwe kama mfano wa mungu i don't care if uhuru kenyatta were to come and sit with us today sijali kama uhuru kenyatta angekuja na akae na sisi leo He's no more important than the youngest child here. Yeye si wa muhimu kuliko mtoto mchanga hapa. In the economy of God. Katika mipangilio za Mungu. Uhuru Kenyatta is an image bearer of God just like the smallest poorest child here. Uhuru Kenyatta ni mfano wa Mungu sawa na mtoto mchanga ambaye amekaa hapa. Everyone every human being kila mwanadamu i don't care if you like them or you don't like them sitaki kujali kama unawapenda ama huwapendi i don't care if they come from a tribe that you hate sitaki kujali kwamba wanatoka katika ile jamii ama kabila yenye wewe unachukia or a nation that you despise and you just want to make fun of them and and treat them poorly ama taifa bado wewe unachukia They are made in the image of God. Wameumbwa kwa mfano wa Mungu. Just like you are made in the image of God. Vile wewe umeumbwa kwa mfano wa Mungu. They all have that same value that you have. Wako na udhamana wewe ulio nao. And they should be loved and respected, not mocked and ridiculed. Wanafaa wapendwe na waheshimiwe sio kuchekelewa na kufanyiwa mizaha not poorly treated not treated like they are a lesser human being sio kuchukuliwa kama wao ni watu chini kuliko wengine ama wao ni nusu ya wanadamu furthermore uh, we have to remember that man is the fallen image of god na tunafaa tukumbuke ya kwamba mwanadamu ni sura ya mungu ama mfano wa mungu ulioanguka We're not an accurate replica of God. 
sisi hatujakamilika ama hatuko kamili katika mfano wa Mungu we are fallen tumeanguka and nothing in the world is more terrible Nothing in the world is worse or more terrible. Na hapa duniani hakuna kitu kibaya kilicho kibaya ama cha kutisha than a wrong image of God. Kama mfano ambao si sawa wa Mungu. And we have to take care with that. Sasa hilo tunafaa tujali sana kwa hilo. We have to understand the importance that our identity is the image of God. And yet we are poor images of God. And we should take that serious. That we are in this world giving God a bad image whenever we do something that goes against god's will ya kwamba sisi tunapeana mfano mbaya wa mungu wakati tunafanya lolote lile ambalo mungu amelikataza and christians are being restored to the image of god na wakristo huwa wanaregeshwa kwa mfano wa mungu So as we were uh, for those of you that were in our morning Sunday school class we were talking about sanctification. Sanctification is that process whereby God the Holy Spirit is uh, uh, reforming us or restoring us to a correct image of God. Kutakazwa ni hatua ile ambayo Roho Mtakatifu anatufanya upya kuweza kufikia mfano wa Mungu. And that is a wonderful thing. Na hilo ndilo jambo la ajabu sana. Christ did not die that you can get a new car. Kristo <laughs> hakukufa ili upate gari mpya. Christ did not die so that you can pay school fees. Kristo hakukufa eti sasa ndio usiweze kushindwa kulipa karo ya watoto wako. Christ died to restore his people to the image of God. Kristo alikufa kuregesha watu wake warudie mfano wa Mungu. And sura ya Mungu. As the image of God, kama mfano ama sura ya Mungu, man's whole duty are responsibility sisi jukumu letu is to uh, is to represent god on earth nikumwakilisha mungu hapa duniani that is we are to be a correct representation of god here on earth ya kwamba tunafaa tuwe wakilishi kamili wa mungu hapa duniani And we can only do that so far as we know and obey his word. Tunaweza fanya tu hayo tunapojua na kulitenda neno lake. Our moral duty is to be like God and to follow his example. Kazi kubwa ni kwamba tuwe kama Mungu na kufuata mifano yake. Remember from our our sermon today it was Christ who said if you love me you will keep my commands. Kumbuka katika somo letu leo kwamba Kristo anasema kwamba iwapo wanipenda mtalinda sheria zangu. Or put another way, if you love me, you will represent me correctly here on earth. Kwa njia nyingine kwamba iwapo mwanipenda mtaniakilisha vipasavyo hapa duniani. That is our duty to God, the one who has not only created us but has saved us from our sins. Hiyo ndio kazi yetu ya kumtendea yule ambaye si tu kutuumba lakini ametuokoa kutoka kwa dhambi zetu. He has done that so that we are now able to be like him. Amefanya hivyo ili tukaweze kuwa kama yeye. And finally the the final application na jambo la mwisho 
is that as the image of God, man's sin is always the misrepresentation of God. Every time we sin, we are misrepresenting God. That is a, a serious and terrible thing. Uh, everyone stands. And let us pray. Our Father in heaven, how we thank you, Lord, that in your providence you would have us go through this chapter 4 of the confession today. Lord, we give thanks to you for these truths that your act of creation as recorded in the early chapters of the book of Genesis are history and that you have revealed that history to us, Lord. We thank you for that truth. And furthermore, we thank you, Father, that you saw fit to uh, according to your own will, your own decree, create us, mankind, in your image. And Lord, how we ask for your forgiveness that uh, to this point, I think it's safe to say none of us have taken that reality serious enough, that each and every human being is created in your image Lord, I know that each of us, we, uh, we sin against you, we misrepresent you, and we sin against other image bearers. We laugh at them, we mock them because they look different than we do, or they speak differently than we do, or whatever reason, we try to uh, make ourselves feel greater than other image bearers, Lord. We confess all of that to you and so much more. And we give thanks to you for your patience and your long suffering with us. And we give thanks to you for your constant correction and your guidance, your uh, enlightening the scriptures to us through the ministry of your Holy Spirit. God, you are so good and faithful and generous to us. Thank you, Lord. How we pray that uh, as, as we all go back to our homes at the end of this, uh, your Lord's day, uh, we pray, Father, that you will help us to tuck these truths, uh, penetrate our hearts with them, and help us, uh, Lord, to live out these truths throughout our week. Help us as mothers and fathers to continue to uh, talk about these truths with our families, our children, throughout our week. God, help us. Help change the way we think. Help us to stop looking at this world as if it is all there is to live for, Lord. There's so much more. The truth is there's so much more than what our eyes see in this world. So God, we just ask you to help us. Thank you for these constant reminders of our dependence upon you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures here be.
Thank you everyone. I love each of you. I pray you have a wonderful week. Asanteni kila mmoja na wapenda muwe na wiki njema.